What is up, Lit Lucid Podcast fans? We are happy to have you back for season seven of the show. This season is brought to you by Seed and Smith, an amazing cannabis company located right here in Denver, Colorado. Visit our website, litlucid.com, to learn more about our sponsors and to view our previous episodes. And if you're enjoying the show, be sure to share with a friend and give us a review on your favorite platform. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Lucy and Jared. Welcome, everybody, to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We're here recording live in Las Vegas, Nevada, with our friend uh, Ty Forto, a.k.a. Greg, a.k.a. <laughs> Cannabis Scapes. I think you guys might remember him from episode 26. He was on our show discussing his cannabis art that has really grown in the last year. So I'm very excited to learn more about that journey, as well as he had some insight into the Florida market at the time. And I also know some things have changed a little bit for you. So we're going to dive into a little bit more about how your perspective has changed, um, you know, over the last year as a professional in this industry. But yeah, what's up, Greg? How's it going? Better than I deserve. <laughs> the, uh, since we last spoke, and I guess the, the last year in general has just been uh, a lot of fun, very educational, very inspiring in terms of being able to get out there and spend more time with the, the culture of cannabis. Um, I'm no longer in Florida, so you know I'm always going to have love for South Florida, and the market will be popping in a couple of years, but for now, to get to experience this level of the industry on the West Coast primarily has really opened my eyes to a lot of things that you know, I thought I understood more about and also kind of provided more direction in terms of what I want to do with the pieces I create and the people who I collaborate with. Yeah, I mean, I, for sure, the definitely the Florida market has stalled. Um, I think we even talked about it then, just you kind of like prophesized <laughs> probably at the time, you know, but I mean, all of it was real. And it's definitely stalled. So I think just you getting out of that market and expanding your horizons, I, I mean, the sky's the limit, really. I mean, the West Coast was really where the movement was born and, and kind of came to life. And um, why not go back to the roots? Well, and that's where it's all going to come from, too. Because um, when you look at how you know, trends are started, even in music, like it's East Coast or West Coast, mm -hmm. and the East Coast doesn't have the same type of ingrained cannabis culture as NorCal. Yep. And so when you see you know, kind of stoner swagger evolving and how there's a code and there's certain, just, you can tell somebody who works in weed based on how, what they wear now. Yep. And, or you can tell somebody who's new and it's, I see that becoming a major trend in how people act across the country. So it's going to be interesting to see what a uh, California cannabis culture led country looks like. Yeah. But that's what, that's my next prophecy. Yeah. Sure. Do you maybe see it being like regional? You know, you, there's like East Coast music and West Coast. And do you see it being, I mean, because we kind of have been talking about it recently, how there's two separate markets in our opinion. There's West and there's East already. Because mm -hmm. like the East Coast is super professional yeah, and yeah, like cattle. pharmaceutical grade. And it's mm -hmm. not even, I mean, that's it right there. I mean, it's like pharmaceutical kind of focus. It's not even embracing the culture. No. So you're going to do well, way better out in the here's West Coast. What, uh, here's my prediction for that, for the East Coast, is that within a couple of years, we're going to have interstate commerce. And when that happens, all these companies that are selling shitty weed to patients that don't have choices are all going to, like, the culling of the herd hasn't even begun yet. Yeah. And good, because 
we, we swear on this? Yeah. yeah. Just fuck those companies. <laughs> like, if you haven't been here, if you've been actively working against cannabis for a while, you don't deserve to come in and work in it right now. And mm-hmm. it should be hard because it's been super hard for the people that have been in it and gotten us to where we are. And that's one of the things that, like, I, I'm actually embarrassed about how little understanding I had of that before I got to the West Coast. Yeah. You know, when we last spoke, you know, I'm like think I know some shit because I spent four years working the ancillary side of the industry, traveling around, talking to other people working the ancillary side, very few real farmer conversations. And lately I've been able to really talk to the farmers and get to know those guys and see what the real process looks like and how difficult everything is. And I'm kind of realizing that if I have that lack of perspective going into like all these other people, you know, we're recording from MJ BizCon. Yeah. (laughs) It's difficult to walk around and see these people with so much money and so much cockiness that haven't earned shit and don't know shit. Mm -hmm. And they think they do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's going to be good when they get theirs. Because yeah, it's coming, because I mean, cannabis culture is going to take care yeah. of cannabis culture. You're not going to convince us to buy your shitty weed, no matter how much you market it or force it in, or how much your distributor is hammering all the good farmers. Um, so with that, you know, it'll take some time, but you can't buy your way into this. Even if you do start coming out with decent enough product, like you're not going to catch up fast enough to where your name gets out there that it's not good. Mm-hmm. You know. I agree. I have this thought almost every single morning because, I mean, we do the marketing for businesses and I mean, a lot of it is at the end of the day, even with marketing, the consumer still has to choose your product at the end of the day. And uh, we had a great conversation uh, with a gentleman before the show started and it was about how these days, you know, our generation buys differently than our parents did and then buys differently than our grandparents did. And we buy more based off of what we trust and what we feel is best for ourselves. And we don't learn that from an advertisement. We don't learn that from watching TV and seeing somebody, you know, drink a soda or something and saying, oh, my God, you know, let me go buy a bunch of soda now. We're like, that's totally a fucking ad. Yeah, I can see right through their BS. I'm not going to buy that. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's going to be the same for cannabis. I mean, people were buying cannabis from their homie before. And so what do you think they're going to do now? They're probably still going to try to buy from their homie. And a lot of people are doing that because they vote with their dollar every day. And we still see the black market makes up for 60 to 70 percent of the cannabis market in the U.S. So they're telling you right there, they're still buying from their homie and their homie ain't these companies. Yeah. And and good. (laughs) Especially in California right now with all the taxes. Fuck that shit. Like, that's another thing. I'm about to go to Emerald Cup and get re-inspired after all this ChadCon shit. (laughs) But, like, it's, again, it's spending time with with the farmers and then seeing, like, man, this is a 16-hour day, seven days a week, and it's just normal. That's the other big thing is, like, these farmers don't even recognize how battle-hardened they are. Mm-hmm. Like fucking mm-hmm. killers that have been dealing with this shit for a decade, sleeping on the hill and stuff like that. And they're, to them, it's just normal. I'm like, yeah. dude, this is hard as fuck. And they're like, you better get some sleep because I'm waking up at 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. damn, every day? Yeah, I'm not going to complain about a $50 a, yeah. eighth again. 
No, it's a very important conversation to be had, like all jokes aside. There is a problem with you know all these large corporations and all these businessmen coming in and not understanding the cannabis culture and not respecting the local farmers. It's the same thing that we saw would happen with Monsanto taking over all these small farmers and now look where our food industry is. So it's the same exact thing and it is something we need to talk about, especially in California. They do have all the local farmers still in like Mendocino area and things like that. And we have to find a way to keep supporting those people and that culture. Well, there's, there's a shift that needs to happen from the education around the plant. Because right now, people are still shopping on THC content. And oh, that's, that's stupid. That's like mainlining alcohol. And right. yeah, we're going to go through that phase. But like, as the cannabis industry, we have to kind of be responsible for our own future. And I don't like this current situation where a consumer, for po- possibly the first time, walks into a dispensary. They don't know what to get. And there's a, with all due respect to bud tenders and patient technicians, that's a scary first point of education and introduction of product to me because how do they know what the farmer knows? And that's what I want to know before I'm going to get a product is who grew it, where it came from, where my money's going. Like you said, vote with your dollar. And if you're going in and you're just being talked into some top shelf stuff or because this is what's on special, you're not actually getting a real cannabis experience. You're just, I don't know. It's, we, we need to put the farmers in a position where they're more responsible, for, not responsible. They're more engaged. I think. Really. I, yeah. And engaged. Like Cause I don't want to put, I don't like want to say responsible products. cause that kind of sounds like I'm putting more work on them and that's not what I want to do. I want to make the farmer's job celebrated. Yeah, and give them the opportunity to promote their products and show where they're being sold at and incorporate their fan base. Because the big thing that I've, I've noticed specifically in NorCal is that, like, yeah, they're growing weed to make money on it, but they're also growing weed because they want the best weed. Mm-hmm. And I see that all the way down to their branding and to their apparel and to their, to their swag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, like this hat. Mm-hmm. Like it's a high quality, it's a well-made hat. Yeah, I nice. like wearing it. Yeah, I'm not. I don't like. I, I also really love Santa Cruz Veterans Alliance and what they do. So I want to support them regardless. But when they have like really good fitting swag that looks cool, like they're doing it for them. They're not yeah, they doing care. it for anybody else. Yeah. And if you don't want to wear it or you don't want to buy it, then that shit's just not for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what's coming in the weed industry for like if you're not putting out a good product or if you don't want to pay for a good product or you think you need exotics all the time like shut the fuck up pay for it yeah. if you don't want to pay for it then it's not for you yeah yeah that's uh, that's it well just like your friend showed us um his infused line like it has the farmer's name on it on the front and that's what we have that frustration in colorado you know you get a, a pre-roll and you don't know where it came from or you know even it's a wholesaler and now you're picking up the flower at the dispensary mm-hmm. you don't know where that came from and you ask the bud tender they don't know no, and they, they don't really no clue. you know and that's a problem and they're making way more money than the farmer and now we're talking about oh, yeah. farmers getting increased taxes in california that's super fucked yeah, it's like a slap in the face, really. It, we talked it, about it last night, and really, I mean, the people who have been cultivating it have been the, the real OGs in all of this, because without them, you wouldn't have anything. Most of us have been cannabis consumers, and that's something that, that you like, really have to differentiate yourself from, that you are a consumer, you are not a grower, and like the growers are the end-all, be-all. And really, the growers are the ones who are sitting back getting fucked at the end of the day, while everybody else comes in and builds up shop around the growers. Mm-hmm. And taking sells it to money, the consumers, to the rest of money us. money out of the grower's pocket. And then if these guys, it forces them underground. Mm-hmm. 
forces them back into the black market, and then we're left with shitty mass-produced weed. Yeah. And then at the same point, it's mass-produced because it's basically a race to the bottom. It's become, you know, economies of scale. How much weed can I grow for the cheapest amount possible? And That's I'm willing like, to pay for good weed. Yeah. If I know it's going to support a farmer who's doing something, because I've met some farmers that are, they've got crazy ambition. You know, they're sitting there and they're talking about their school district needs $90,000 for new computers for their school or, you know, ten grand for the fire department, and they can't find it in the budget. Like, I know where to fucking find that. Yeah. Find that 10 times that if you'll back the fuck off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, we'll repave some roads for you. What are you going to do for me? Going to respond to law, when law enforcement? You know, if I call you because there's some meth tweakers breaking down my gate, mm-hmm. are you going to do something about it? Because I'll refurbish your entire fucking school. <laughs> like, these guys are ready to do that. And then, like, maybe if the MORE Act gets pushed through, then they'll actually be able to write off some of their shit. And then they're going to get 20% more cash flow to do even more dope shit with. So, right. like, yeah. basically everybody fucked up by making it so hard. Because now, like I said, these people know how to operate. And if you start taking off some of these weights, yeah. it's just going to start kicking your ass even harder. I'll give you even an even better real-world example of why it's a struggle for clean cannabis. We were talking to a gal yesterday. And... Um, she sells bugs, I guess, uh, biologics to control pesticides. And so you're not pests, but they are not pesticides, but to control pests. So you don't have to use pesticides. And she was talking about how even a lot of these, basically the uh, people who sell the, the bugs and the, aphid, or, yeah, the aphids and the larvae and all these different biologics, they're charging basically three times more for it to a cannabis company than a normal company. That's cool. And that's just a small example of... Enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, but that's just a small example of how all these other companies are still gouging the farmer through absorbent rates and charging three times more than they need to. And then what do these farmers do? They're probably not going to buy that product. They're going to go buy a synthetic pesticide because it's cheap, put a synthetic pesticide on the product and call it a day. And it's all because of people are being greedy. And it's really not just the farmer. It's not, you know, it's all these people selling them products. It's the government. It's the taxes. It's the dispensaries, it's the product manufacturers, and everybody just trying to squeeze the farmer. Yep. <laughs> and it'll, it'll last for a little bit longer, but I, I feel that farmers are going to survive this. The, the good ones are. I hope most of them do. And then eventually they'll be able to ship packs directly to the consumer. Mm-hmm. That's like, We talked about that. We talked about Why that Why couldn't they? In two yeah. years? Well, dude, just spending time in NorCal, seeing all the wineries and the vineyards and all that shit, and wondering how they're allowed to be out there with lights on and all that crap at night, but a, a cannabis farmer is going to get fined if they do that. And then just seeing the massive amounts of, of grapes that they're growing, like, man, you guys should have the exact same rights as a vineyard. And when you do, and when I can come and hang out at your farm and stay in a little tiny home or some shit... Like that's what's gonna that's what people are gonna do. That's the future right. of cannabis tourism. Then they're gonna buy those pounds off of you, you know, for what you want to sell them to them for, not what re- distro hamstrings you for. Pack that shit up, have it sent back to your house so it's there when your plane lands. That's how it should be. There shouldn't be a middleman, you know. Not unless they're gonna actually provide a valuable service. And there are distributors and retailers that provide valuable services to the industry, but I feel like there's way more of them taking from the farmer and not providing that education around with it because like we were talking about to go in and have a bud tender recommend it based on a strain i think is wrong to go in and know maybe a terpene profile that you enjoy or a farmer that you follow on instagram that you you've seen the process and you want to support them like i want that i want the bud from this farmer what do you have yeah don't bring me out the shit that you want to sell like bring me out the shit that i as the consumer need the most or want to support yeah 
Yep. So we have a friend out in California as well. Um, it's kind of uh, through what we're doing with our What's in My Weed, but it's called Know Your Farmer, and that's mm. exactly what they're pushing. It's an educational series, Sounds and they're awesome. going out and focusing on all these small farmers. So us as a consumer, but it comes back to us as well. Like we have to be educated enough to ask these questions, like What's in my weed? Where did it come from? Who grew this? And if we're not asking those questions, unfortunately, the dispenser is not going to give a shit either way. Yep. You know what I mean? They're going to keep doing what they're doing. The like, bartender doesn't know. No. I went in there. Uh, it was a uh, California a couple of weeks ago and I went to a dispensary which I rarely rarely do <laughs> and I'm like oh you know just you know, what do you got like pull out some different stuff and the guy immediately grabs like three things from Flocana and I look at the name like I look at the farmers I'm like no 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 I know how much they pay their farmers I don't want this shit I'm not going to support this company as the middleman because white labeling is a thing that infuriates me like, if you're not giving the farmer credit and you're actually taking credit for that bud, oh, like you I are I don't a, like that. Oh, man, it drives me nuts. That's kind of crazy. It's yeah. huge, though, and because the distributors control getting it to retail, they can go in and do this. Hmm. And I mean, it's, it's a great experiment in, like, economics and the, how this is rolling out in different states. Because California, like, you, they allow for vertical integration, and the companies that made that move the quickest have a little bit of protection on pricing because they can supply their own. Yeah. But it's it's you know different in every state to see how it goes in the licensing fees and oh my gosh California's a clusterfuck because each individual county and like city was able to mandate their own rules on top of it so you got to get like a city license and a county license and then a state license and it's you know meant to be difficult and just not trying to help out no too many barriers to entry yeah there's too many barriers yeah just like you said I think the the rules are too hard I think there's too many hands in the pot. Mm-hmm. really it all needs to be simplified and it made to be a little more simple yeah i mean vertical integration why not why wouldn't you why wouldn't you allow like direct to consumer and i want to make my own products and not have to like go to a third party and because they're assholes and that's the way that taxes, they've always been yeah. doing shit yeah and then well, then you see all the licensing process on the east coast and that's almost a joke because it's like how much do you want to pay for a license and oh you're going to do social equity programs great how many people do you need let's throw them on there it's paying blah 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 and it's mm-hmm. like pay for play so then the people who really want to probably do it, who have the passion, who have the culture and the knowledge, they can't do it because they don't have the money. Yep. But if they, can, if they don't sell out, because that's the problem, the only way that capitalism wins and the culture dies is if the culture sells out. Mm-hmm. And if people, you know, if, if you can go a couple of years grinding it out and survive, you can write your own ticket. But if, you need to and it's completely understandable like if you need to just take that job from one of these corporate mm-hmm. guys you just know that you're making it a little bit easier for them to survive this and take it over so that we're going to be getting shipments of government weed and stuff and instead of everybody being able to grow their own yeah <laughs> i agree yeah that's the truth good shit <laughs> coming truth, from greg man. this morning dropping all the knowledge Ty Forto. <laughs> AK. let's yeah. talk about all that right. a little yeah. bit let's switch so last time you guys listened to ty greg can't escape he had an too. alias and like i was even confused i was like jared like what is this dude's name <laughs> like, i was confused and jared's like i don't really know moral of the story is sometimes when you're in the cannabis industry and you're kind of like your own messiah like pushing these great things forward you also do you know used to work for a corporation or a business that doesn't support cannabis consumption or you know anything like that and so you have to have an alias um i understand that very well um, but explain to us a little bit more about your perspective on that 
Yeah, uh, last time we spoke, I was still working for a software company. Uh, I don't th don't think I named them at the time, but I will now, and that's Biotrack. That's how I got my start in the industry, doing cold call sales for those guys back in 2014. Um, so we're no longer together. Uh, like a lot of badass employees in the weed game, sometimes you outgrow the company and you go on to do much better things without them and kind of get look to look back at that corpse <laughs> as it stands. Um, but yeah, it was during that time that I was still, you know, still apprehensive about showing my face, showing my real self, being just directly associated with pictures made out of pot. Uh, and at the same time, some of the shit that I've been doing was like politically geared, like Jeff Sessions and Pete Sessions made out of stems. And I'm probably going to be, uh, <laughs> oh man, that's solid. <laughs> I'm gonna be. We just have to take a moment. Sorry to laugh about that. The stems, man. Fuck. Should have thrown a couple. Well, of dude, yo. In there. So what happened with Pete Sessions though? Like he was a long-term standing Republican in Dallas District 32, like pretty safe Republican state, right? Mm -hmm. um, but he's been anti-cannabis, and like while he was there, he did like three or four things where he just didn't let the rest of Congress vote on uh, huh. cannabis-related things. A few of them were even specifically related to veterans' access. So the industry kind of got on him, and I think Normal bought billboards in the district, and he ended up getting his ass kicked. He got like 32% of the vote against a, a black dude. Nice. Wow. So that like the people nice. were like, fuck you, man. Yeah. And that's what I see coming forward. Like If you're against this shit, like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. if, you're in, if you're a politician and you're just in office collecting a government check and you're not actually progressing the stuff that your constituents want, like, fuck you. And with all the like terrible shit going on in the industry, uh, the country right now, I'm actually kind of seeing the silver lining of they lowered the bar. Like what's mm -hmm. acceptable now in terms of political discourse has changed. Absolutely. So there's a rallying cry from the cannabis industry coming. It's like, yo, if you don't want to support our shit, we're gonna get your ass voted out. Yeah. And we know how to do this now because you made us. Yeah, you made us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had to do it. Dude, yeah, and then at the end of the day, I always say, "E pluribus unum." <laughs> we the people, we're coming. Like, and we it's the people, man. It's a there's a there's a big undercurrent within the industry of people who are all on the same page, and you know, if you're not, you will be. It's just a matter of time until cannabis personally affects you one way or the yeah. other, and you find a reason to get involved. Yeah, uh, there's some days I'm like really proud, and then some days it's just like geez man all the people that come to like us and say oh what about cbd or what about this and what about thc and it's like man probably the same people that were talking shit to me about three years ago or so or you know thinking of me in a bad light or stigmatizing me and now mm -hmm. they're coming around saying oh well, what about this yeah so it happens luckily we're an accepting people yeah. Yeah, we welcome you back with open arms and yeah. a joint yeah exactly yeah that's what we do I mean, we did it from the start to help people and heal people and get them out of the rut. I mean, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And I mean, that's what it's always going to be. People use cannabis because, you know, there's something better to look forward to. And that's why they use it. So, Well, and I, I want to go back uh, real quick because this is a story worth sharing. But, you know, to the point of getting politicians kicked out of office up in Trinity County, California. So there were some major, major fires there. And completely gutted the community but the farmers came out in force and helped with the rebuild and were really involved in that and then when it comes down to california regulations the county 
was like, ah, oh, we don't know what to do, but you know, here are all the fines that you've accrued and here's all the application fees. So like, you should probably start by paying this. And then like some, uh, some deadline was coming up where they had to come up with rules or ditch the program completely. So they just ditched the program completely after collecting all the fines and application oh fees. And it was like a thousand growers that were just like, what the fuck? Wow. And so rather than just take it, they rallied. And because they had been involved in the fire recovery, the community was like, oh shit, these are just normal people. Or these yeah. are even better people than <laughs> normal people. Um, they actually got like the city council flipped. And now, and not only did they get it flipped and get their people put into office, but they put regulations in place that took care of the farmers. Wow, so, that's awesome. Yeah, like pro-farmer uh, regulations for the city. So if you were an OG and you were just trying to sell your land or your license, that was, a, that was allowed in other areas that hasn't been. So like they didn't just go in there and flip it. They, they flipped it and kicked their ass and made a statement. <laughs> and that's the first time that I've actually heard from somebody that was able to do that. And it's, it's badass. Right. And, you see that it's possible and I think it's only going to happen more and more. Like we're just going to be putting more and more people in power that are going to take care of the industry. And the longer they fight against it, like good, you just show your ignorance. It makes it easier. We know how to fight you now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's really what it is now. I mean, if you're against it, and we've seen Joe Biden come out with his crony policies and people are just like beating him to death basically because it's, it's antiquated, it's wrong and it's already been proven Otherwise, basically at this point, so it's just total ignorance. And the stupid-ass Democratic Party is forcing Joe Biden down our throats oh again. Gosh, yeah. That's, like, yeah. It's, 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 all, it's, it's fucked, all. but it also, it's opening the door for third parties. It's opening right. the door for somebody to come so in true. and say, yo, keep your fucking gun. Just be responsible. Like, right. let me smoke some weed. Yeah. You know, shooting guns high is fun as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can be responsible for that shit. Yeah. But then also, like, the actual argument is you're going to try to take Second Amendment rights away from military veterans who just want to fucking sleep after fighting for your ability to complain about your Second Amendment rights on Facebook? Right. Like, get the fuck out of here. And when you start presenting it to people like that, they're like, oh shit, I kind of sound like a flat earther now. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. The fucking boomers. Oh Oh my God. Yeah. I think people are scared. That's what I told Jared. We're just going to kind of have to wait for that generation to ride out. I'd rather they not die first. I'd rather they come around and can... (laughs) die a little happier and more peaceful but like if they want to die with hate in their heart like good riddance because as soon as they're gone all their ideals are gone too yeah like that latent homophobia and racist shit like get the fuck out of here die slow Mm -hmm. actually no don't die slow die quickly (laughs) we need you gone or smoke weed and convert yeah Yeah. well that's what i was gonna say that (laughs) cannabis is gonna open their mind and they're gonna have to question everything they've been living for that's what it is though and that's a scary thing it's a scary thing for people to realize that everything that they've been taught and believed for their entire life is a lie. Is a lie. And so conversely to that, something I've realized by hanging out with more farmers is that they're struggling with the same thing but the opposite side of the coin. Mm-hmm. They're badasses. They're entrepreneurs. They're hustlers. They're some of the hardest working people in the country. But for so long, they've been told that you grow weed, you're breaking the law, you're a loser, you couldn't do anything else. So that's one factor of why they're not promoting themselves or even like super proud or identifying of that what they're doing is uh-huh. impressive but then also it's like if you do shit like that now you're a target yeah. you start walking around like cannabis people for the most part like the ones that are really doing it like they're very understated people mm-hmm. they're not they're not peacocking around really 
you know, because that's the type of shit that gets you followed back to your grill. Right. Yeah, so there's a couple factors that are just keeping these guys from even, you know, like I said, struggling to publicize my name. Mm-hmm. These are people that are still like super, super yeah, breaking absolutely. federal law. I'm yep. just somebody who's talking some shit. Yeah. So to start exposing themselves and being like proud of what they do, mm-hmm. it's a psychological thing that they're yeah, coming around on. So. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, when I started hanging out with them, I just realized like, damn, like you don't even realize how kick-ass you are because yeah. you've just been doing this for so long. Like if you took the word pot out of this, me like you know forbes 30 under 30 for right. being a hustler like yeah. all right. bit all the small business owners and farmers and cannabis and all the people that are hustling ancillary stuff and that's what i mean like there's a big movement going on under the surface that it's coming oh yeah it's it's very strong there's a lot of like-minded people across the country that are starting to have more and more of these conversations and and because of that it's it's permeating out to, to more and more parts of the culture slowly but surely we're infiltrating all of your shit that's the way it has to be I feel like people, yeah, and that's just what the whole conversation I think encompasses today is that there's a culture that surrounds cannabis, and I think people are starting to wake up to wanting to incorporate that culture more into the cannabis industry. And if the cannabis industry doesn't incorporate that culture, then there's going to be an underground culture that's always going to thrive. Yep. Yep. And then those areas that don't have the underground culture to combat it are going to be susceptible to interstate dominance. Because that's what's going to happen in Florida. Like, if these Florida companies, the 13, 15 licenses, don't start growing really, really, really good weed really, really fast, in two years when we can move packs legally from California to to Florida, guess who's going to be connected to all their farmers, to all their friends in in Florida? That's when I'll go back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll sell subscription box services to all the homies and for all the homies in NorCal just to send to my friends in Florida. Like, that's where we're going to be at. So unless you create a product or a process and service that actually makes life better for the farmers, what incentive do they have to keep you around once the laws allow for it? Mm-hmm. And we already see some of these companies coming out against home grow and against interstate, and they're trying to protect their shit because they grow shit. Yeah. And it's not going to last. Like If you want to sell your crappy weed, make your own market. Don't try to sell it to the people who really love this stuff because we're not gonna we're not gonna buy it and then you're gonna cry foul when you go out of when you run out of money, like Med Men. Yeah. <laughs> they just go. There, there's an article that came out today. Another round of layoffs is coming. Oh my god. Ha ha. Redistribution of wealth, dude. Anybody who invested in that stuff and thought they were gonna get rich quick off of weed penny stocks, I appreciate you paying the wages <laughs> for the people who worked at Med Men until they got laid off before the holidays. Yeah. Capitalism, motherfuckers. Like, good. All you companies that are overextended and you don't know how to run an actual business or you don't want to put the time in to learn the weed culture, I appreciate you coming in and spilling your coins all over us. Mm-hmm. No, it's for real, though. For Red real, Men though. is, I don't know. $300,000 marriage oh counselor on their salary. We got CEOs and CFOs paying themselves $1.5 million yeah. a year. Get the fuck out of here. That was when they IPO'd, right? I mean, that's when it all went wrong. Should have yeah. probably never IPO'd. They should have never started. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, with that intention and what they don't, have done to the industry, they would have been better off just staying home. True. Play the stock market. But hey, thanks. We got a laughing stock to point at now. Yeah, South we got Park, a great example. Got great South Park arc now. <laughs> got a whole new level of Randy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, thanks for that, guys. Yeah. Integrity Farms. That's hilarious. Cool. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been a fun this conversation. Is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this is great. real stuff, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the, thanks for diving in and being real with the listeners and, you know, well, the, the big sharing thing the movement. In the last years, I've gotten to work with enough people that support what I do, and I've seen enough stuff that I don't support that, you know, MedMen's never going to pay me anyway. Right. So who cares? <laughs> so that's fine. <laughs> I reached out to them two years ago, and they said, no, we're not interested. Yeah. So, like, not good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you don't have that, because I would have felt like an asshole for making it. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. You know, the, those companies is like, you know, it's the same thing with, with really good weed. If, if it's not for you, if you don't get it, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people that it's for. There's plenty of people that this farmer grown weed is that they want, that they're going to pay for if we can get to that level in this. And if you're not one of those people, like, that's cool. I'll see you in a few years. Yeah. Maybe you'll change your mind. Yeah. I've already seen them. We've seen them at shows. They come by, they sneer. They don't think your hustle is going to make it. And then they see you later and they want to be your friend. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, good. Yep. I saw this coming. That's how you know you're making it, man. Yep. That's yeah. how you know. That's the industry overall, you know? Like, oh, you got, now you guys are all on CBD? <laughs> <laughs> CBD everything. Oh, my god. Makeup and everything. That's the crazy stuff. Yeah. It's, it's going wild. I've seen some some pretty crazy shit related to like smokable CBD flour that. Oh my gosh! Really, really. Impressive. I think we're just now starting to see that. So maybe that'll be on the next episode, a year we'll from tie now. Tie in another it'll year, be, yeah. It'll be the CBD industry. But seriously, do that. though, That'll like I'm really proud of all your growth over the last year, and I'm glad you can come out, you know, as your own person out in your own self and talk about the things that you're passionate about and learn more from the culture and the community, as well as sharing your dope art with people. Like we never even mentioned you guys. <laughs> Google <laughs> yeah. Cannabis Scapes. Seriously. Find him on Instagram. He's blown up since. Uh, he's really blown up, honestly. But he yeah, makes. Really cool staring live at, art. We're staring at pictures of Snoop and Seth, Seth Rogen, right? Yeah, yep. Seth Rogen. So, that's oh, and I was me. able to get the Belushi piece to his, uh, you his got team it to last Belushi. night. Nice. Yeah, so How cool gonna, is that? Well, that's what I really am looking forward to for the next year, which is spending more time with people in the industry that are doing good things. And Jim Belushi's one of those celebrity actors that he's been in it underground for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I've heard him on podcasts before, and he's coming from the right place, and he's out there putting in the work. Um, so to have the opportunity to get to go out to his farm in the near future, hopefully smoke with him, make some work with his actual grown product. That's so cool. And then create content around that to share the story. That's really what I'm after in 2020 is, you know, I've gotten to have a lot of really dope conversations that have just gone into the wind. Mm-hmm. And personally, it's a better experience because it doesn't put any pressure on the conversation. But I'm realizing now that these stories need to be shared and I'm in a unique position to to help share these inspiring stories. And I've just been lucky enough to run into people that, you know, if you're going to fuck with the guy who does weed art, you're probably pretty cool. <laughs> and everybody who I've met ends up being way cooler in person. That's awesome. And so I just want to continue to meet these people and share their stories and introduce them to people who they can work with further. And I think that that's something that people are going to want to see more of and it'll help with changing the destigmatization, but it also creates a super network of entrepreneurs and hustlers that all want to help each other out. Mm-hmm. And when we can do that, like I think I probably mentioned the last podcast, but you know, my shit is that the rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. Like we all, we're all going to come up together. And if you start dropping anchors and start playing defense, like we're just going to, I'm just going to leave you behind because I'm here yeah. to, I'm here to fuck with everybody who's on the same level. Yeah. Like we're I all agree, here to do yeah. this to get together and have fun doing it. We can do it the right way. And you know, this is still preseason. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're I just getting it. started. <laughs> I love it, man. So good. Well, I appreciate everything you do. Um, I mean, I think your evolution, even in the last year, has been quite amazing. And 
uh, I mean, the sky is the limit for you, and can't wait to see what you do in another year. Yeah, really. me too. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And, you know, it's, the, it's platforms like this hey. that have given me the opportunity to get there. Hey, happy birthday. Uh, ah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks. Awesome. You know, MJ BizCon, Vegas birthday, hanging out with the homies. Like, I can't think of anything better to yeah, do. Yeah, it's right. dope. That's the best. All right, you guys, with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. Welcome to Seed and Smith, the revolutionary brand that makes transparency and quality the foundation of their product line. Among these innovative products is their High Times Cannabis Cup winning Dart Pod system. These industry leaders are dedicated to including you, the consumer, into their everyday processes. Take the opportunity to engage and explore the workings of Seed and Smith with a full facility tour. To book a tour and more details, visit www.seedandsmith.com. Seed and Smith, crafted for all walks of life.